we welcome Scott Billick back to the show. Good morning, Scott. You're with Kevin Carey's Lorianne Munzer, Olympic gold medalist from 2004. Thanks for hopping on this morning. Yeah, no problem. How are you guys doing? Doing great here. Doing great. And uh, everyone's fired up for uh, the second half. I'm sure that's the same feeling in Winnipeg, especially after the trade for Sean Monaghan. Just your your thoughts on, on the acquisition, the newest member of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, it injects a little bit of energy kind of coming into the second half. Um, but, yeah, I mean, on the ice for sure, it's... Uh, second line center upgrade for this team which is maybe their biggest need but you know they need face-off help they're ranked 28th in the league in that department they need help on the power play Sean Manahan does that the Jets are 24th in that department so you kind of pick two of those biggest boxes let's say um, for this team in terms of their needs heading into the dreadline and and Kevin Cheveldayoff the general manager of the Jets pulled it off five weeks earlier so you know, talking to some of the players yesterday as they got back from from the bye week and the all-star break, I think they're excited, right? They're excited. They're happy that they've been invested in. Um, and, and, you know, I think the team, and we're going to see tomorrow night in Pittsburgh, what this looks like and kind of how it comes together for this team. Um, but, you know, you would say that the Winnipeg Jets are better now than they were on Friday before the trade was made. And, you know, we're still... There'll be 15 games for the Jets between now and the trade deadline where they'll have Sean Monaghan now in the lineup and getting accustomed and acclimated to the team, to the systems that head coach Rick Bonus has kind of put in place. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think this is a very positive sign. And it's, you know, for a team that's had a couple of miserable seasons and they've now kind of announced kind of what their intentions are and their intentions are to see how far they can take this thing and I, I wouldn't suggest for a second that the Jets are done in the trade market but they went out early struck early and after Calgary traded Elias Lindholm to Vancouver the Jets didn't wait any time uh, shoring up their second line center so yeah I think it's been a good kind of exciting time around Winnipeg and, and you know it's something that I think this kind of fan base fan base needed after after the last couple of years and it just kind of continues how this season has sort of gone for the Jets which is pretty much trended upward from the, you know, from the first puck drop. Yeah. Scott Billick uh, with us from the Winnipeg Sun. Would you say Scott how, how far away is Mark Scheifele to getting back to the lineup and when he does return would you say that the Jets are the deepest team in the league at centre or one of them? Yeah I mean I would definitely say they're one of them. I don't know if they're the deepest I'd have to look at some rosters but you know, yeah, I mean, it's a formidable lineup down the middle, and Mark Shifley is expected to be back playing against the Penguins on Tuesday, so this six-game layoff with the suspected groin injury appears to be over, so that's a good sign for the Jets, and we're, yeah, we're going to see a, a spine of this team that includes Mark Shifley, that now has Sean Monaghan, that has arguably one of the best shutdown centers in the league in Adam Lowry, and, and because of, you know, this team getting deeper at the second line option, they can now afford to move Vlad Mestikov, who's been a very good player for this team and did very well covering off several injuries this season for this team. Um, move down to the fourth line. That's going to include Morgan Barron and Alex Iafalo. Mm-hmm. Might be one of the better fourth lines in this team. And it really gives this Jets team from top to bottom, from the first line to the fourth line, you know, lines that can compete with almost every other line in the league 
and can actually like score. And then one of the things that this Jets team has lacked over the years is like four four lines that could really kind of take it to the other teams. And so now the Jets have this team where it's just wave after wave that's coming at them yeah. uh, at the opposition. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I think one of the things Kevin Chevaldeff, GM of this team, said in the offseason when they made the Pierre-Luc Bois deal and, and got uh, gave Velarde, Alex Ifal, and Rasmus to the party, his two words were depth and dimension. And and that's the kind of been, you know, I guess the cornerstone of this team this year is that depth has been such a big deal for them and they have different looks uh, that they can throw at any given time. So, yeah, I mean, I think not only do they have one of the best spines, let's say, mm-hmm. down the middle in the NHL, they just have, you know, up there, they're up there with the best four lines in the NHL in the way that they can just keep coming and coming and coming at you. Yeah. Hey, Scott, how much more tinkering do you think uh, GM Kevin Shevel day off does here with, uh, you know, a month or so uh, before the trade deadline? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think they've obviously kicked off the first thing and, and the most important thing that they needed. But I wouldn't be shocked if they had a depth defenseman. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I don't even know if you'd call Chris Tano a depth defenseman, but I would imagine they're in on that. And But I think on the other side of that, you know, probably a right-handed shot defenseman if they can't get a guy like Tanev. And maybe kind of a depth winger at some point. Somebody at right wing, I think, would be kind of their preference if they could could do it. They're going to have, and it depends how they kind of finagle the cap here, close to $5 million still to work with wow. going into the deadline. Plenty of cap, draft capital, plenty of, you know, assets and, and in terms of prospects and that sort of thing. So, they definitely have some room to make some something work. Um, I, I think for now, they would probably like to go and find another defenseman. I think that's going to be their, their their next look here. And then if they could, you know, a, a cheap kind of uh, winger that could play maybe in the bottom six. But, yeah, I think the next thing we'll see from this team, if they can make it work and, and kind of find a way. Um, would be a right shot defenseman. Scott, when you're talking about finding another defenseman and winger, is who would you be looking at or who do you think they would be looking at? And then when you were talking about uh, Sean coming on and getting acclimated uh, to the team, how long does that take? Well, Rick Bonus, to answer that question first, Rick Bonus said he's going to give them a couple games because that's what he feels that they need and they deserve. And then after that, they need them to perform. So going by strictly what the head coach said, um, a couple games will be given to them to kind of figure out the chemistry here. So this road trip where they're playing in Philly and, or in Pittsburgh on Tuesday, Philly on Thursday, um, it's probably a good chance for that to happen and then kind of reassess when they get back here to face Pittsburgh again in Winnipeg on Saturday. So we're going to see that. So I think that's the timeline Rick Bonus has, again, We'll see how it goes. I think they need, you know, a good few games. And I think that's been one of the benefits of bringing Monaghan in early. Not only can you get him accustomed to the team and all that, you can find where he fits best um, on the power play. Is he going to play penalty kill? That sort of thing. In terms of the other question about, you know, who do they kind of look at? I mean, I think Chris Tanev would be on the top of their list, obviously. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're around the Sean Walker, Nick Steeler kind of defenseman. Um, out in, in Philadelphia. They'll be playing against them, like I said, on Thursday. Uh, I, I think that would be kind of where they look there. As for wingers, 
Now, that's an interesting thing. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure, as practice gets underway here in Winnipeg before the Jets head out. I'm not entirely sure who they're looking for in wings. Again, I think it's going to be kind of a depth guy. I'd be interested to see if they try to kick the tires on a on a Brandon Tanev again, bring him maybe back into Winnipeg. That's just pure speculation on my part, but they really like Brandon Tanev, and they just couldn't keep him in that, in that draft. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of how that works but yeah not don't have the best gauge on on the forward but i think on the defenseman you know i think for sure they're looking for a right shot guy a rugged guy a bigger guy a guy that's really kind of all in and kind of committed and wanting to win i know that's a lot of players but it's really a specific type of guy they look for that that, that fits in the rick bonuses system and so i think Tanev is right on top of that list and then from there, yeah, they might look at like a Sean Walker as a right shot guy or a really big defenseman in Nick Steeler and the way that he plays, uh, very physical and that sort of thing. Something to kind of augment their size on their blue line, which without Brandon, without Brendan Dillon and without Dylan Sandberg, they don't have the biggest blue line. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think that's one place that they'd like to kind of get uh, if they could before the playoffs. But at the same time, you know, I think they'd take Tanov over over anything at this point. Scott Billick, Winnipeg Sun, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, in goal, we all know how good Connor Hellebuck uh, is, uh, Scott. But, boy, Laurent Brassois has had a really, really um, a fine season as the backup. And he, he's a UFA next year. Is there a chance that they could lose him or would he want to come back? Uh, can they afford him? Where, where do you see this kind of shaking down? Yeah, that's an interesting thing because, you know, a couple of years ago they were in the same sort of predicament. Uh, you know, they just Lord Brassois played out of his mind and and kind of priced himself out of out of Winnipeg. And I think for two years after that, after or three years in total, that Brassois was gone, they they couldn't they just couldn't shore up that position the same way. So it'd be interesting to see now that they have Hellebuck signed long term, if they invest a little bit more to try and keep Brassois around. At the same time, like every time you talk to Lord Brassois the only thing he talks about is being a starter in this league. I mean, he's run into some times. So, I mean, he could have could have potentially led, obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights to mm-hmm. a Stanley Cup last year, but he got injured in, in the second round there after after beating the Jets in the first round. But I think the drive there is still for him. You know, you know talking to him earlier this season, he very much wants to be a, a, a starting goaltender in this league. He believes he has what it takes to do it. He believes he's a... He's, he's, he's passed his injury woes that he's had over the last the last few years, and and yeah, I mean he's just after the start of the year where he had a little bit of a rocky start, um, you know he settled himself. He found a way, and since then, yeah, he's been lights out. He's been he's been very good for this team, and he's definitely earned the right down the stretch here to play more games to, to the old load management kind of term where. They would like to not have Connor Hellbuck playing 65 games a year. Uh, and Laurent Bessois is going to afford them to do that. The fact that they played so well in the first half, accumulated as many points as they did. Um, you know, and win, in terms of winning percentage right now, they're the first place team in the Central. So they, 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 they've bought themselves some time here and, and the ability to play LB a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, Bessois still wants to be a starter still feels like he has a few years a window to do that so you know unless there's not a market for him in the summer um maybe he resigns here but you know 
I, I got to think that uh, he might be looking elsewhere in the Jets, unless the Jets kind of, you know, maybe back up a Brinks truck in front of them. But they, they're not going to be able to afford that, I don't think. And so, you know, just to pretend, I mean, I know one of the things with uh, these two goalies, they, they're good friends. They, they do a lot of training together. They think a lot of the same way. The goalie voodoo with, between these two is, is very real. And so there's something to that for these guys and the comfortability and the friendship that they have with one another. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, you know, you got to look out for number one in this league and try to maximize your earning potential and your opportunity. And I think, I think Laura Bessois this summer, when it gets there, is going to be, he's going to have opportunity. And, uh, I, I, you know, my first thought is I wouldn't expect him back in the fall, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Scott Billick with us, uh, Winnipeg Sun. What do you make of this uh, dogfight that we're going to see in the second half with Colorado, Dallas, and the Jets, three teams so close together in the standings? Uh, you know, Winnipeg could finish anywhere from first to third in a matter of a couple of days. That's what that's how tight things are. But uh, just your thoughts on that race. Well, I mean, the first thing I think of is finish first because you don't want to be you don't want to be facing one of Colorado or Dallas in the second round or in the first, first round um, and and I think that's kind of priority number one for the Jets but I mean I think the other word that comes to mind is fun right like I, I think I think you're going to watch the second half of hockey in the Central Division like the Central Division has become that that, that gauntlet again right like it, it, is a, it is a tough division to play in there's a lot of good teams now that are fighting for first place I mean, three or four teams you could put in there that, that could potentially, you know, well, at least three teams that are fighting for third and first place. But, I mean, as we saw with Minnesota, like the Minnesota, the Jets have been beaten by Chicago this year. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not an easy game even against some of the lower teams in, this, in the division. Arizona's another one. So, yeah, it, it's a tough division. And I think, you know, for the Jets, it's just about not maybe thinking so much that you got to finish in first, but... But, but sort of knowing you need to, just so you don't have to play that that first round, which is going to be an absolute barn burner for whoever gets it, whoever finishes second and third in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch down the stretch. And it's really, in, in my mind, going to test who the Winnipeg Jets are, right? I mean, this is the thing. Like, we know that Dallas has a pretty good, you know, structure, and, and they've done over the years. We obviously know Colorado – uh, the cup winner from a couple of years ago. They know exactly what to do in these situations. It's the Jets that we want to see. Um, what, what are they going to do? How are they going to handle the pressure? What's going to happen if you know, it's two weeks before the end of the year and the Jets are nursing a first-place lead but have to hold on to it and have to play maybe a Dallas or a Colorado down the stretch to keep first place? So I think you know, for us in Winnipeg here, we still have a lot to learn about this Jets team. I think that, you know, with this race in the second half, uh, that's going to be one of the most intriguing things to watch, at least from a Winnipeg perspective. Hey, Scott, thanks so much for your time uh, this morning. Really appreciate it. Uh, good insight. And uh, it's going to be a heck of a race uh, in the division uh, moving forward here. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, indeed. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys.